Welcome, my friends. Welcome to my world. I'm your host, Kevin Rutherford. It is, is it really Friday the 13th? That's what my watch says. You know, it's kind of funny. You would think I would know what day it is because I say it every day. But as I go to say the date every day, I have to look at my watch. It's like I don't remember from yesterday. So according to my watch, it's Friday the 13th. Not that I'm superstitious, so it doesn't bother me, but Good morning. We are here. It's time for a Friday free-for-all. We can also focus on trucking technology and trends and efficiency. I've got Joel here with me. We're going to bring him in in just a minute. Uh, John is busy playing with Ferraris today. Uh, We might get Henry in today. I'm not sure yet. Uh, what else we got going on? I don't really have a lot today, so I should probably bring in Joel so I have something to talk about. Joel, good morning. How you doing, Kevin? Good. What's on your mind this week? Oh, all kinds of stuff. Um, I, I guess I want to vent a little bit right off the, right off the bat. <laughs> oh, good. Um, and, and I hate, I hate, I, I hate to sound like a bitching truck driver, but <laughs> sometimes you have throw to throw this out there. So, yeah. <laughs> um, so I've been doing a lot of posts, um, uh, out in social media, especially when I'm kind of running fill in stuff, when I'm doing some power only stuff for some of the mega carriers in particular, um, Schneider and my private message thing is just getting blown up. Oh, they rip you off, and their rates are horrible, and yada, yada, yada. Oh, boy. (laughs) It's crazy. (laughs) So I don't want to get into rates in particular, but I will tell you that the Schneider load board is just like anybody else's load board. There's some stuff that's not so good, and there's some stuff that's really good, and you have to watch that load board. Um, We have developed the relationship here at Alpha Drivers with some of the people at Schneider. And when we see something, sometimes we make a phone call and see if they can help us out a little bit. Sometimes they can, sometimes they can't. That's Um, exactly right. I have run multiple, I have run multiple loads for them. Um, I am in no way losing money, um, running loads for them, filling stuff. Actually the rates that, that we have, um, gotten out of them have been very respectable, especially on the power only side. So I don't know if as an industry, we have just gotten super lazy and we only want to look at a load board once and we expect a million dollar load to fall in our lap and we, we, we don't want to work at it or what in the hell is going on. But, uh, it's just amazing. The number of people that have like, Oh, Jesus Christ, you're the problem. And you're this, and you're that. And I was like, come on, give me a break. Uh. Oh, Joel, you you, you made yep. my morning. <laughs> you know, I've been fighting this mentality forever. Um, it, it just makes me a little crazy. Let, let me go back when you said, you know, sometimes the loads aren't that great. Maybe on the face they're not, but haven't, I, I don't even have to ask this question. I know you have. How many times can you take a lousy load, but put it into the right situation where it makes a ton of sense to do it? Well, and this is kind of what what happened to me this week. It was a very short week for me. I'm waiting for my my specialized stuff, my furniture to load. And um, 
the rate on that, you know, it, it's kind of off the chart compared to anything that you're going to find on a load board. It is direct. It's something that I've done for many years. This customer trusts me. We have a very good relationship and it is what it is. So that part of it, you know, I, I catch a lot of flack from people about if I wouldn't, you know, haul for free, uh, I wouldn't have to worry about fuel mileage, which is the stupidest <laughs> damn thing I've ever it, heard in my it life. Is but, so stupid. You know, it, 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 it's, it's, it, it is what I hear. So this fill and stuff that I run off the load boards, and, and I like to do it so I understand what's really happening, so I'm connected to the industry in a very real way. You know, I, I've heard for years that, you know, the Schneider load board is, is it's horrible. It's this, it's that. It, it, it's, it's not. It, it, um, if you work at it a little bit and you develop a relationship, I could make money just running off the Schneider load board power only and, and do, yeah. do pretty yeah. damn well. You know, Joel, um, I had another example of this yesterday. Mm-hmm. Guy called me and we were talking about, mm-hmm. you know, start up with your own authority and, um, he mentioned, uh, and I don't even remember why he brought up the company. I don't think it was a problem, but he brought up, he said, I, I don't want to say their name, but everybody knows they're cheap and heavy. It, you know, when you get that big, this is just what happens. And I told another story of how I worked with a guy a couple of years ago. You know, my whole approach is don't play the load board, stop chasing the rate and the one and done stuff and working with 50 brokers every year. I said, look, find three to five good brokers, build a relationship, prove to them your value and just grow it from there. And the guy that I was talking to took it one step further. He went to C.H. Robinson only. He said, I'm just going to deal with them and see what happens. And he built some relationships Mm -hmm. within C.H. Robinson, a couple good agents that really kept him busy. His first year, he did fantastic. And I I was telling the story because C.H. Robinson called me up and invited me to their annual carrier awards ceremony because this guy actually got an award from C.H. Robinson as their best single truck carrier of the year. Nice. Excellent. And he had a fantastic year. Yeah. Well, let's talk about cheap and heavy. So I get just grilled because my furniture loads are light. Okay. So my plan was, okay, when I'm running the fill and stuff, I am going to get some heavy loads. So let's (laughs) let's go to cheap and heavy Schneider, right? We're going to get heavy (laughs) loads. So I look up a load that's close and, and I'll, I'll tell you what the rate was on this one. Just so, Everybody knows what numbers we're talking about, and, and I generally do not talk about rates. So I find a load out of um, Lucky, Ohio, going to Grand Rapids, Michigan. It's like 256 miles. It paid 856 bucks, power only. <laughs> I, I can live with that. All right, I can. So I can handle this, that. <laughs> yeah. So. This thing was supposed to weigh 43,000 pounds, and I really wanted a heavier load, so I got more data for my, my scatter chart that I put out there on the heavier end of stuff. Yeah. I get up there. It's, it's 11,000 pounds. <laughs> <laughs> so so I, one stop, 11,000 pounds, you know, it's $865 on 256 miles. I, if you can't make money doing that, I don't think you should be in trucking. You know, um, absolutely. So then, then my, my backhaul fell apart that I was going to run out of there. And so we, we had to scramble. 
Um, so I had my back office guy looking. He finds a new trailer that needs to be delivered out of TQL. That's another one that likes the people like to beat up. Oh, they're horrible and yada yada. Right. I, I mean, yeah, it, it paid over a thousand bucks to go from Monon, Indiana, back to Bedford Heights, Ohio. Again, what's it, three hundred something miles? And, and we didn't even have to look that hard to find this stuff. So. I, I don't know if I'm just extremely, if we're just extremely lucky or if what I consider is a decent rate, these people are thinking is horrible. Uh, I, I don't know. I, all I can tell you is I can make money on that stuff all day long on that entire round that I done. I done 11.6 miles a gallon. There was no weight involved, but it wasn't because I wasn't trying. I was actually so, trying to get heavy loads and couldn't. It couldn't, couldn't find them. So, yeah. <laughs> so, you know, we, it, you, you take these guys and it's like they can't make up their mind. It's like they're schizophrenic because on one hand, they'll tell you, I get such a great rate, I don't even think about fuel economy, which is just the most ignorant statement ever in business. But then then they'll turn around when times are now. I had a discussion this morning on Twitter. Um, why are some companies going out of business right now and some doing great? And I said, well, when rates are high and freight's everywhere, it's easy to make money. You don't have to do anything right. right. All you have to do is just go out there and move the freight. The rates were so damn high, you could do almost everything wrong. And as long as you just stayed out there and right. worked, you were going to be just fine. You'd pay the bills. You'd have some money left over. The reason you focus on expenses is because you won't always get that rate you think is so great. And now you hear them and they, exactly they were blaming right. everybody yes. else in the industry of why this is so tough right now. Nobody looked at themselves and said, well, maybe it's because I'm only getting six miles to the gallon and I overpaid for my truck and I don't pay attention to maintenance costs. I just run. I, great. Yes. Do that then. But watch I, I had a stop guy, bitching when the rates go down because it's going to happen. I had a guy actually hit one of my posts that said exactly that. He said, he said, well, I'm a real trucker, like 90% of us out here. I don't give a damn about expenses, oh fuel mileage, God. or maintenance. <laughs> I just run and get it done. Hey, you just... Uh, that's a real trucker? What, I, oh, my God. You just solved a mystery for me. All these years, all these years, <laughs> I kept getting this comment directed at me. You're not a real trucker. Well, now yep. I know why. Uh, no. That makes total sense. <laughs> yeah, and I'm not either, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Jesus Christ. Now I get it. You just run and get it done. Yeah. Yeah. Until things get tight. Yeah, you're exactly right. Good markets make us lazy. They make us soft. We don't think. We just log on. We click on it. We hit a load and we go and yeah, we make some money. Now things get a little tight. And you have to think a little bit about it. And, you know, people lose their freaking minds. Yeah. It's, it's nuts. Yeah. These rates are not that bad. They are. They're just not. I, I don't care who says what. They're out there. You just have to. You know, I look at these rates still Nuts. today and the amount of freight and what's being moved and how much money people are making. I, I would still put, I, we'll see what happens this year. 2022, we just finished it. We're only a month out of it. Absolutely, hands down, the best year I have ever seen in this industry. It, it, we're still coming off of that. These rates aren't bad at all. Just... Um, not in a historical context, they're not. They're, 
there it takes more work and more effort compared to the high yeah. there, there's no doubt about that but right. um it, it's they're not they're not bad you know they're normal you know let me i'll give you another analogy using myself as an example of how i've been on the wrong end of this you just said good markets make us lazy that's absolutely true um you know, I just came through, although 2022 is a great year for the industry, wasn't a good year for us. Uh, it's one of my first down years in a long time. Mm-hmm. Uh, we know why. Mm-hmm. Being on Sirius XM for years made us lazy. We were lazy marketers. Mm-hmm. Why do we mm-hmm. have to market? Help, you know, mm-hmm. tens of thousands of people turn on their radio sure. every day and they might hear us and they do. And we didn't have to market. Mm-hmm. We focused on other things. It's We developed projects and products and because we didn't have to put much effort into marketing. Well, now we get Correct. it. We we have to market. You know, we, we had that advantage and it made us lazy. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, it's easy to fall in that trap. I get it. When you get into a good situation, um, you know, it, it's kind of nice to be able to focus on other things and, and do some other things. But it, it can make you lazy. And if, if you're not smart enough to realize, hey, I'm getting lazy here you're in trouble. And when you yeah. start bitching and complaining and you're blaming everybody but yourself, that should be your first indication that um, maybe I'm doing something yeah. wrong. Yeah. I think. But man, oh man, these guys <laughs> with the venom coming out of them because I took a load off the Schneider load board, just absolute hatred and venom. And I was like, what in the hell Dude. are these people talking about? And they're great people to work with. The Schneider people, they, for the most part, they have their shit together. We have very few problems with them. Everybody, for the most part, knows what they're talking about. There's an occasional challenge here or there, a little bit of communication. And you know what? You work through any of the little minor challenges that you have. A pretty easy way to make some money, really. I mean, they, they, you can tell, you know, Schneider's been around for a while. They've got the system figured out. And uh, I, I don't know. I, I don't understand the hatred and venom, but it's a mega carrier, so it's evil, I guess. I I don't know. That that seems to be the attitude, which is pretty ironic because it, it, in reality, I know a lot of these people tell you, oh, I'd never want to own a company that big. or But come on, isn't that kind of what we're all striving for? We all want to be successful. Right. I, I mean, it, we just do. Uh, right. You, you want to grow your business. You want to be successful. You know, my my vision of what I want to achieve success nowadays in trucking is different than it was, you know, 15 or 20 years ago. Absolutely. Now I'm, I'm yeah. more into the, you know, the, the testing and consulting part of it. It's what I enjoy doing. Um, I absolutely love being able to work with a mega carrier to do fill in stuff when needed. You know, I, I, I can trust that they got their shit together. Their stuff is right. And I'm going to get paid, get paid in what two days. I mean, it's, <laughs> right. it's, uh, what is there to bitch about? Why, why fight this? Why? I, I man, I don't get it. But, I know um, it, uh... that attitude is just horrible and where it came from. I, I don't know. Are there are there bad loads on that load board or what we would say are piss poor? Yeah, of course there are. You know, but you, you don't look at a load board and go, oh, look, that's th- 38 cents a mile. They suck. I mean, there's, <laughs> there's stuff that's five bucks a mile, too. So nobody's twisting your arm to take that stuff. The other thing that 
well, I'm vetting. I might as well vet here. So all oh, these brokers expect us to to run, you know, through everything, you know, weather wise, or right. they they set impossible right. times. The bro- brokers are not setting times for you at all. Correct. You are looking at a load board. They give you times when it delivers. You figure that out and set the schedule. I have not had to technically run over 56 mile an hour to make any of my deliveries. I haven't had to do it right now. I have run faster a couple of days to do some testing. Um, one day out in Wyoming, I got held up for 20 hours because of weather. And I, I, you know, I was in an 80 mile an hour area. So I set the cruise at 82 mile an hour and I, I let her run for 500 miles. Did I have to do that? No. Um, I, I done it cause I wanted to obviously see what it would do running faster, but, yeah. uh, um, you know, I, it, it has been a long time since I had dealt directly with load boards and, you know, I just kind of in the background hear all these guys bitching and complaining and, and, you know, how awful and horrible things are. I, I, I don't know. Maybe I'm an you know, eternal optimist or something. <laughs> I, I just, I, I don't see it. I don't see any of it. So <laughs> I don't know. You know, it, my it, final, my, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. My final bitch and complaint. So I get a lot of flack, obviously, about running the slower speeds. You know, you get the same bullshit. You're not a real trucker, and all of us can't do that. And <laughs> yeah. well, most I think freight operations could do that if they want to manage their time and you of know leave a half an hour early, and they, they could. You could do this. You choose not to, but you could do this. Most freight is not that. No, it's not. time sensitive where there's not, there's not leeway in there. I, I, I consistently get this. Well, I set it up where I have to run 75 mile an hour and 4,000 miles. If, if you done that good, I mean, <laughs> I, I couldn't imagine having to work that hard to make a living. Hey, hey Joel, I'd have to run 4,000 miles every week at 75 mile an hour. Joel, these guys answered their own question. I mean, let's think about the two statements that they, the two statements we hear from them all the time and then throw in this concept here. I don't care about expenses and I have to run 75 miles an hour for 4,000 miles a week. Well, of course you do. Of course you do. You, because you don't pay attention to expenses. (laughs) So the only way to make up for that is to work your ass off. How ignorant. Is everybody still here? Oh, what happened? Hold on. Um, I don't know if I got excited and started hitting buttons there or what happened. Joel? You, got, <laughs> you got put back in the queue. I mean, I'm ranting and then it was just dead so, silent. But yeah, of course you have to run that hard. And you told us why, because you don't want to yeah. pay attention to expenses. Yeah. And guys, like I said, they wear it like a badge of honor. You know, they, they, I run 4,000 miles a week. Well, good for you. No. I, I, I can't imagine having to run that many miles a week to live the lifestyle that you want to live. To me, if you have to run that many miles that fast, we're doing something wrong. Yeah, absolutely. As an industry, now, we're doing something wrong. Now let's talk about another possibility. We, we just talked about this. I don't know if you're listening this week when Matt called in. It might have been... Tuesday, I don't remember what day it was. We went over his numbers for 2022. Um, what happens when you take all the stuff we do talk about, building relationships, knowing your numbers, improving your fuel economy, lowering your maintenance costs, 
all when we talk about all those things, what happens when you do all of them and you're willing to go out and work really hard? And that's what Matt did last year. And his, his approach is, look, you make hay mm-hmm. when the sun shines. These rates are so good. I'm going to go out and Mac. He ran like 156,000 miles last year. It was just a crazy number. Mm-hmm. But, but this is what mm-hmm. I love about this industry. You, you don't even need a high school education to be doing this job. And why I say 2022 is the best year I've ever seen. I have never seen till this year a single truck, single driver, owner operator break 300,000 in net revenue. Nice. That, that's nice. incredible. I, I, I 100% believe it can be done when you have a motivated person. Um, and, and you're right. You, you, you don't even need a diploma to do this type of stuff. No. Um, you just need to be willing to work. You need to use some common sense. Don't get pissed off at the world and blame everybody else for your problems. Look at yourself. Say, you know, what can I do different here? And you know what? That Honestly, I know it's the first time you saw it, but with the rates that we've had just recently and even now, um, that should be more common than what it is. There's, there's no doubt about I, I, it. I agree. Yeah. There, there, yeah. Hey, yeah. I, I, there, there's no doubt about it. I, I'm getting messages that, Henry's throwing things and yelling at his at his uh, phone because he's got a rant and we're, we we have him muted still. So I better I better bring him in here and let him rant for a little while. Henry, good morning. Absolutely. Good morning. And literally, I just woke up just a few minutes ago. I got Joel's text about it while I was asleep. So that's why I was tardy. But you know, you talk about rant. And, you know, going beyond what, what you're saying there, these real truckers, I wish they would just do their job. And when I say do their job, I go to shippers and they cut their bolt seals off and leave them all over the, the uh, ground so that you can cut up expensive tires having bolt seals stuck in. Hey, you know, hey, hey, Henry, do your job. Henry, slow down. Henry, yeah. if you were a real trucker and you yeah. got a decent rate, you wouldn't care about $600 tires. You, you'd just throw them away and grab a new one. You'd run over those bolts just for fun. That's right. <laughs> exactly. You know, I mean, how hard is this stuff? You know? <laughs> oh, my gosh. The other one that I, mean, that I, was- I just absolutely love is – well, you're a rolling roadblock at, at 56, and, and uh, you've got to run 70 because I run 70, and I don't want to have to pay attention, and I might run into you. I mean, like, come on, guys. Are we professionals? Aren't we supposed to be able to deal with traffic, all types of traffic, slower, faster, intermediate? As a professional driver, when we say stuff like that, uh, we're just uh, we're our own worst enemy. There is absolutely no doubt about that. Go, go, go! I mean, yes. Does that mean with with your speed deal? Does that mean that the people that pull oversized loads are not real truck drivers because they're too that, slow that, in that, front of you? That's, that's, and, that's, that's exactly on. right. And hold on, but wait, there's more. They take up more than one lane while they're going slow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and you know, when you go over Donner or something like that, you automatically transform from a real trucker into a not real trucker because you're going less than 70 mile an hour up the hill. I mean, come <laughs> on, Jesus Christ, guys. 
But, but, but let me add to this. Let me, let me add to this, Joe. When you're going down Donner, if you're a real truck driver, you don't ever <laughs> have to touch your brakes because <laughs> you, you, yeah. you, you, you've, you've used uh, your brakes just right. You know, there's a great badge of honor that you've never used your brakes. I guess right, there are right. probably people that are worried about running in the back of you, the people that tell you that they never used their brakes. Uh, I'm assuming so. I, I, I don't understand the attitudes. I, I'm not quite sure where it all came from and how this developed, but man, we just got an awful attitude in our, in our industry. We, we blame everybody else. Everybody else is the problem. We don't take any responsibility for ourselves for the most part. You know, um, I, I, I kind of, I'm look, I'm not a tree hugger, but you know, I think as an industry, we should take responsibility for the environment to the degree that we can. We should run as efficiently as possible. You know, rolling coal, I don't think is a good idea out of a truck. I think it reflects negatively to the, the public at large. They look at that and you know, they're wondering what the hell is going on. Why is that truck doing that? Um, and I, you know, I, we, we just, I don't know. Uh, maybe it's just the culture in general where it's just blame everybody else and hold your hand out and expect things to magically happen. But, uh, you know, I I, I think the reason we're, we're talking about this right now and why it seems really bad is because it is, and it's mostly because we just came through a decade plus where, you know, you didn't have to have four brain cells to be able to make money in this industry. I mean, it was really kind of easy to at least stay in business and pay the bills. And if you were smart, you should have been, you know, really raking it in and saving it because I have a feeling we're in for a couple of pretty lean years. But yeah, I think a, a decade plus of not having any really tough times has left us with a lot of owner operators who really don't know how to run a business and they're feeling the pressure now. I, I agree. I think it's it's more about looking cool, doing the lifestyle, being able to talk to CB lingo and, and you know, set at the liar's counter and tell the biggest story. I think that is what became what a trucker is over the last decade because things were so good that yeah. you're right. You didn't really have to think about rates well, and whatnot. It's just about you know, more about lifestyle and, and, and uh, my hood's longer than yours. Basically, I think that's what it boils boils down to. Yep. I think I only, while you're on this real trucker thing, so I started out as a reefer. I did flatbed for years, and now I'm dry van. I think the only thing I need to where I can become a real trucker is if uh, I get the federal marshals list so I can keep at my truck. Because all the real truckers usually seem to have the federal marshals list to call to tell on the scale on them. But, so I, I need that one piece yet before I retire. Yeah. I have the federal marshal number in my truck. There you go. Yeah. Uh, wow. Crazy. All right. Just, what, yeah. Crazy. Okay, I guess I'm done ranting. Now, so. Yeah. I've so, got some, uh, Henry, we, we brought you in in the middle of a rant there. So uh, we'll, We'll take a breath here, say good morning again, and ask you what's on your mind other than the rant. Yeah, I've got a couple of little things real quick here um, before um, we get too deep into this. I have got some very cool video stuff going to be coming that has, you know, OBD information overlay, uh, Kevin. And I got to get with your 
with your back office people and my back office people together. So I got to figure out how we can get this stuff posted um, a little more efficiently. Um, sometimes when I try to post some of this video stuff, uh, it, it gets a little wonky and it won't let me do it. So, um, but beyond that, uh, I guess, Henry, you're up. <laughs> well, my big thing I've been saying that's on my mind, traffic seems to be backing off just a little bit, at least on my corridor. And parking's been getting easier that where, because I usually reserve parking and I, I, I wait the day out to see, I don't want to pay for it if I don't have to. And I'm surprised that, you know, you're getting up towards midnight and there's still 20, 30 spaces left. So something seems a little different there to me in the last few hey. weeks. Hey, Henry, you just you just did it. You just had to bring up another one of my pet peeves, didn't you? <laughs> I, I, you mean the non-existent truck parking shortage? Well, the, the, the problem of these <laughs> greedy truck stops ripping us off and charging us for parking. No, they're really not. They still oh, provide oh, oh, a oh, ton oh, oh, oh. of free parking. And I've said forever, if you want to solve the truck parking crisis, if you think there is one, and I, I get it. You get up into New England, parts of the East Coast. It, I get it. It's tough. Come out West, forget it. If you can't find a place to park out West, you're an idiot. Really? I mean, there, there's so many places you can go park a truck. But if we do want to solve it, if we want to create better and more parking space, pay for it. That will solve the problem. If there's money in parking, we'll get better parking. It's, it's kind of like hotel rooms. Exactly. How many hotel rooms would be paid for? Yeah, everybody got this parking like it's the right thing. And yeah, I've said that for years. It's just like the non-existent driver shortage. That doesn't exist either. There's plenty of CDL holders. There's just the pay-to-pay ratios off. I mean, yeah, would you want... But anyway, yeah. now you got us off on another rant. Yeah, well, so all right. We, <laughs> we, with the three of us in a ranting mood, we should probably jump into some calls. Yeah, absolutely. Sounds good. All right, let's uh, let's go to Nebraska to get started. Grant, welcome to the program. Hello. Uh, if I lose you, I've traveled into a part of the country where there's more cattle than people, so they don't care about cell phones. Um, I had a comment uh, about towns and approving high-use industries, um, a comment about trucking inefficiency, um, and a comment about electric trains and power regeneration. But since you've been talking about real truckers and uh, all that, I guess I've been a real trucker and a not real trucker, uh, cause I've been able to go down Pendleton pass and Cajon pass and, uh, Donner pass without touching my brakes mainly cause I drive in Nebraska. So I'm not going to be the guy that has to use the emergency ramp and get towed out and everybody laughs at, um, I don't, I don't want to be that guy. Uh, and I also drive slow because I have plenty of time and it's, it's honestly less stressful. So I guess I'm a real trucker and a not real trucker. There you go. Um, you're you're hanging out personality. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, uh, right now, uh, Joel, what'd you say your gap was between your cab and your trailer when you can set it how you want? So, um, 
the back of the cab to the front of the trailer, I'm at 39 inches. If you measure from the fairing, the black plastic at the edge of the cab fairing extension to the radius on the trailer, I'm at about 14 inches. So uh, right now, I'm moving shipping containers with a flatbed, and I have one foot for every one inch of your uh, gap. <laughs> because <laughs> there you go. <laughs> there's there's nothing I can do with this container to get it any sure. closer. <laughs> sure. So yeah. all I do is just kind of keep this RPMs right at about peak torque, and it is what it is. Gotcha. Uh, yep. But in a, in a town by where I live, uh, I was moving shipping container, and they built a server farm. Um, it's 36 40-foot shipping containers with 576 servers per container, and it's passive cooling, which means the whole side of one container is giant fans that are loud and windy and gotcha. people people will send in their servers and it can be anything from bitcoin farming to medical computation whatever the town that they're in uses 85 megawatts of power the Jesus. server farm that's in maybe 10 acres uses 100 megawatts of power so the entire town uses less than those servers. And somehow there's, they made an agreement where if the storm knocks power out or whatever, they'll let the town get the power back before the servers come back online. I was like, holy cow. That's a lot of juice. Oh, wow. Yeah, absolutely. So it's only a matter of time before some of these towns will allow all these mega truck chargers. Well, hold on a second. It's not that easy, though, because that may be one town that was able to do that. I, I live in a small town. We actually run our own electrical co-op here. Uh, so I'm somewhat familiar with this. And, and we do look to bring in businesses that use a lot of electricity because we as a town, we make some money off of that. But at some point we would have to stop. I mean, we can only hand out so much energy. We only have so much available to us. And a lot of these towns have said, look, you can't put mega chargers in here. We don't have the power. And the government doesn't want us producing more natural gas, doesn't want us building new plants. I, I don't know where we're going to get the power from. It's, it's not that we can't produce what? it. We absolutely could produce all the power we wanted if we were willing to. We were willing to build the plants and and we can even throw in solar and wind and water and all those other things. But but bring back natural gas and we still have lots of coal. We could produce enough power. The problem is we, we can't because of regulation. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I agree. I agree with you 100 percent because because I work with a, I work for a crane company that also does containers and construction equipment. And so there's been lots, we had to move several transformers around for this project to work, working for the power company so they could up the lines coming into town. So some of these just don't want to prohibiting some of it, but there's also the power companies don't want to spend the money until there's the need to spend the money. So it's kind of, you're stuck in the middle. Do you want to spend the money to upgrade the infrastructure and hope the demand is there or wait for the demand, get behind the eight ball, then dig yourself out? Well, so that's, you're like, 
You know, and you know, we could get into specifics because every little town and location is going to have a different situation. But let's just look at what we know about the power grid around the country in the last couple of years. We have rolling brownouts. We've got power outages. California can't produce enough power. Texas even had some issues when they, we, we are at the limit of our current electrical system. So to say, well, we don't want to add capacity till there's enough demand. There's plenty of demand and that demand is going to start going up pretty damn fast if we keep producing and selling a lot of electric vehicles. I, I don't think that it, this is the power company's issue. I think they would say, sure, we'll give you all the power you want. Just let us build plants. Yeah, I agree. And and part of, like I also, with the electric vehicle, I kind of, with the life cycle the electric vehicles are in, I compare it to the, like the 1920s or, or in 30s with internal combustion. There wasn't gas stations everywhere. Right. So I'm kind of, I'm kind of in the middle. I, I agree with both sides of it. Like we're not, we're not ready yet. But also at the same time, we we need a some the the government needs to open things up so we can get a more open market to expand this so that we can continue to grow and move forward. And and just open up the market for competition and get rid of all the damn tax subsidies. Yep. Yep. Uh, and then so my comment about the electric railroads, there was a, a railroad that. Uh, they dissolved in the 80s, uh, but they went through the mountains from Chicago to the Seattle area, and the tunnels in Montana were so long, diesel engines were choking themselves out because they couldn't get fresh air in the tunnels, so they electrified everything, and they had to have manned substations because they changed the, the transmission line voltage uh, over to the electric rail line voltage. And as those electric engines were coming down the mountain, they would overload the system because they were generating electricity. So they had to stop producing so they didn't blow out transformers. And they had to balance up the mountain and down the mountain at the same time. So there's ways we could recapture energy, but it's just figuring out how to do it. Yeah, I agree. And I keep saying it, but my biggest issue is we're going to screw it up with all the government money. Um, it, it's too easy for these companies to waste money, work on technologies that have no future. And it's not even out of the question that they take all the money and go out of business. We've seen that happen so many times. Let's uh, let's go to Washington. Tony, welcome to the program. Tony? Anybody there? Here's something. Tony, come back to your phone. All right, we're going to put Tony back in the queue. Um, see if we can figure out what he... Oh, we, yeah, we lost him. Uh, let's go to Texas instead. Paul, welcome. Howdy. Morning. I guess I'm not a real truck driver. Yeah, howdy. Howdy to Joel and uh, Henry. I guess I'm, <laughs> not, I'm not really. Uh, pretty good, actually. So, Down here in sunny south Texas, going 
south on US 77 to Harlingen with a 14 mile an hour tailwind. And on my dash readout, I'm averaging over, it's bouncing between 6 and 6.5 miles to the gallon out of my parachute. Nice. I'm pretty happy today. But uh, nice. I guess I'm not a real truck driver, but I use my official title as an uh, automotive interstate transfer technician. Yeah. That makes me sound more important. <laughs> well, Paul, come on. There you we, go. <laughs> we all know you're not a real trucker. How many times a week do you have to back up? Come on. <laughs> well, it depends how many cars I've got to back on the truck. <laughs> <laughs> no, well, occasionally, well, I don't, I don't park in truck stops very very often. So I did park in one last night, though. And yeah. I didn't have to pay for it. It was Paul, really empty. Paul, you know, I know all those years those cars have paid really well, but don't don't you miss the opportunity to be able to throw out the insult that, you know, you can look at a rookie driver and say, well, I've backed up more miles than you've gone forward. <laughs> well, in some cases, that's probably true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, with, with what Joel was bitching about, I don't consider it bitching because – what business is of mine if he wants to haul for fifty cents a mile or six dollars a mile or what? I don't care what he wants to haul his stuff for. That's not my business. But I like following him because I'm interested in the information that he's putting out. There you go. Yeah. So, like on a, if I have a really busy week, like some of this Texas stuff, if I want to get. Two South Texas loads and two Oklahoma loads in, which sometimes will be 3,800 miles as well as load and unload 40 vehicles. So when I'm empty, I'll tend to step it up a little bit because 3,800 miles in a 70-hour, five-and-a-half-day week is kind of busy. So, but usually mm-hmm. I run slower when I'm loaded, but... I'm set at 62 today, but the tailwind is definitely helping. So. Nice. There you go. But that's about all I got, I think. I think I had something else, but I can't remember. Well, if you remember, call back. We might be here. We'll, uh, we'll move along. We're going to go to Florida this time. Tony, welcome to the program. Hey, Kevin, I guess I'll have to buy you lunch to get you to remember my name. You there? Yeah. What are you talking about? Tony from I Hate Brokers Trucking. We talked yesterday about cheap and heavy. Yeah. Well, I know. Yesterday, the day before, last week, it's all the same to me. And and (laughs) names. That guy, that guy I was talking to the other day. Yeah. One of these days, one of these days, there I've been go. to Oregon like twice, but, um, <laughs> maybe at, in Louisville or something. There you uh, go. What's, well, on, your, I don't what's on your mind today? Off all the talking about brokers there on the rant. Well, everyone knows that I am, you know, pretty, pretty loud about not liking brokers. So I don't want everyone to get pissed off at me for not, you know, pushing back a little there. You know, I think what we should do is 
do you, would you agree that there's a whole lot of incompetence going on probably in those big companies like C.H. Robinson? Like, they don't work like we do. Like, we do 10 people's jobs, and, yeah, they make a lot of calls and everything. I, some of those people could get a real job and drive a truck and do what it's like. So I do have to say just, that. Just one, one comment on, on that. So when you compare a company that, I don't know, let's say they have 10,000 employees versus an owner-operator that they are their only employee, um, generally, the small company, that, that guy's going to be a little bit sharper. Is there going to be incompetence in a big business? I don't care what it is, NASA, C.H. Robbins, it doesn't make any difference. There's going to be some incompetence there. That That's just life. Good point. I mean, and so that's I got to make happen. sure that we don't, like we did with the, uh, with getting lazy about, you know, keeping our truck tight, maintenance, money. Uh, we can't let them get lazy either now, okay? And by by letting them get away with these cheap rates, and, you know, we do have to cause a ruckus and and make sure that they are helping us so I do have to, you know, stress that. Now, one of the reasons why I do like Joel a lot is getting the trucks more efficient. Um, yeah, going slow, all like that. I hear those people, you know, I, probably if, if we are going to be mathematically correct, we will run the speed limit, but we have to get the trucks to run more efficiently to do that. And Joel, he probably gets more, uh, better economy going slower, no matter what, uh, how efficient the truck is. So we, we should push for better trucks that, that can do the speed limit because then we'll make more and not lose as much. Because as a math mathematician, I know that you do make more by running faster and you won't make up that the money that you lose in revenue by fuel economy. I, 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 I disagree. It's, it's not just I, fuel economy. It's maintenance too. Um, and every... Everybody's operation is different. So when you take the fuel efficiency, you go from six to ten and a half. And then you, you, in my case, with my duty cycle, I'm able to run slower, make all of my appointments. It does me absolutely no good to run 70 mile an hour in my multiple stop scenario because all I'm going to do is sit there and wait longer. So it does exactly. mean my zero good would be is so, then you get a load that's 700 miles instead of 600. No, 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 no. My multiple stop special delivery stuff, the rate is off the chart. Why would I want to work harder? I don't want to yeah, well, work harder. I, I, I want to I run shorter. I want to run as few miles as I can and make the absolute most money that I can and run the slowest speed I possibly can to get all this done to improve my fuel efficiency to drive my maintenance costs down. And that's, that's what I right. do. Hey, we have but a, the idiot yeah. owner operators like me are, are, are going to say, oh, well, that, lucky for you, I'm not like that. I, I look at the but, load but, board and I have to take a longer load and that's how I make my money. I don't have that luxury. But you're right. That, that, I see. Yes. Well, and just like we were talking about early, those loads exist on the load board. If you you look a little bit, I mean, hey. you know, like that the the run that I just done up to Grand Rapids, Michigan, a, a much shorter load. Um, the rate was pretty damn decent on it. I could have taken a load that went to New England that paid just a little bit more, but ran twice as many miles. Hey Why guys, would I let, do that? We we have a we have a great. Well, 
example of this. We were just talking about it a little bit earlier. Um, a lot of you guys are familiar with Matt. He's been calling the show forever. He's been working with us for years. It, do any of you believe that Matt's out there hammered down all the time, running really hard? Or do you think he's running slow to get better fuel economy? He's running slow. He's been doing that for years. He talks about it all the time. His average speed is under 60. And he did 157,000 miles last year. What more do you want? Miles, yes. I don't remember hearing about the 60. I just asked but, him what his average again, speed yeah, is. He said, it, he, he said it was 57, and I believe that. That's how he drives. That's how he's always driven. Well, not always, but for the last decade he has. I mean, that's how he gets such good fuel economy. I mean, I could see doing 167,000 miles at a higher speed. I don't even think that can't be legal going 60 feet. Okay, let's say it is. Then they would say, okay, well, it's direct freight. Uh, he's lucky. You know, most of the people can't get that. Wait, wait, stop, stop, that, stop. And that's going to be I, their whoa, 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 I'll, I'll agree with they? half of your <laughs> statement. Half of your statement. A, a lot of people can't get direct freight. I, I'll agree with that because they don't have the skill. They don't go out and work at it or, or and it doesn't always make sense to do it. But don't call it luck. Hell, there's nothing lucky about his operation. That is just pure work. I'm not yeah, saying that. Exactly right. Looking at it from a from a novice point of view, like those people that call Jola not a real trucker, that's what they're going to say. I'm not going to say that. Oh, no, Here's you, what I'm doing. I, I agree. You're I've, right. That I've is been what running they hard. I've been running fast and not eh, doing okay, but I've cut this truck down to 60 miles an hour. I'm going to do exactly what you guys are saying uh, and run slower. Right now, I'm not getting more than 7.3 westbound in Texas towards Dallas at 60, but I'm going to, I'm not going to step on it and we'll see how we do. I know the numbers should not work. I should not be grossing or netting as much going this slow, but I'm doing it anyway. Well, and and every every operation is going to be different. And when you learn to work the load board with speed in mind, that's going to make a big difference if you're running off the load board. Um, uh, it, it, it yeah. absolutely 100% can be done. Um, there's, hey, there's no question about let, it. You could, you can actually gross more and take home more, you know, with way less stress and way less maintenance. Um, but, it is a lot less it, stressful. It, I do like that. It seems yes. safer. It's just more comfortable. And, uh, I won't get into truck parking, but, let, but, uh, let, yeah, let's talk. It, it seems like there aren't even loads where you have to run 70. Those loads, like, they don't even exist anymore. You can always go slower uh, because so gone are the let, days where I'm looking for that 700-mile load and doing it in 11 hours. It's not even possible anyway. You're, you're going to go under average 70. Sure. Absolutely. Here, here's, sure. here's one of the things, you know, right. we should talk about. So let, I, I wonder about this. So let's talk about these whoever they are that we keep talking about, the guys who the rates aren't high enough, it's the broker's fault, it's the oil companies ripping us off. They have all the excuses. Um, Here's what I want to know. We know because they tell us they don't really worry about expenses, which means they're not doing any kind of bookkeeping. Why would you if you're not worried about expenses and you don't think that's important? So they're not doing bookkeeping. They're not building relationships, we know that because, you know, they're just bitching about brokers all the time and getting ripped off from the brokers. They're running really fast. They tell us that all the time. And, and 
So what the hell are they doing with all their spare time? At the gas pump. Well, there's a good point. Or the chrome shop. (laughs) (laughs) More time to spend at the chrome shop, I guess. (laughs) Seriously, what are they doing? That's not not how you run a business. All they're really doing is driving the truck. I know. They are living off my paradigm of faster money does work. But you have to have the right loads. Like, if you're going to go that fast, okay, fine. That load better deliver first thing in the morning and be 800 miles. And you better not go over hours of service because that's cheating. Okay, then it'll work. Like your dump truck analogy that you told me before. That's the only way it'll work. Right. But I don't think they're getting those kind of loads. Maybe cow haulers. What what guys have done when they do this is they have built a business model – that will implode upon itself because we all know markets change. Rates do not stay the same. I, I don't care if it's a dedicated route. You know, your customer's going to have management change. They're going to rebid things. Oh, yeah. I've seen it happen multiple times. So when you, when you develop that kind of business model, you, you may live high for a year, two, maybe three years, and thinking you've got the, the, the world by the tail. It's going to implode. It will. So when you make a conscious decision to to develop this type of business model, um, you know, I always, if you develop one for slower speeds and you, you concentrate on the efficiency, the safety part of it, and you really concentrate on those things hard, it doesn't really make any difference what the market does up or down. You're going to really succeed when the market's sky high. You may not do quite as good as the guy running 80 mile an hour. You might not, but when that market comes down and it will come down, you're still going to be in business and doing quite well when they're out of business selling their truck. And so, you know, you got to understand that things run in cycles. And if you haven't been uh, around long enough to see those cycles, this is kind of the problem that we get into nowadays. You know, there's been guys that have owned trucks for 10 years that have never really been through a down cycle. Yep. So they've got this kind of business model, you know, built on speed. Speed is everything to a lot of these guys. Stay the same. I do think that the ones that run faster, if they're loads, are are correct will win because of that. You, you are right. You 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 are a hundred percent right. You are a hundred percent right. But it in the reality of the situation is it never does. Markets do not stay the same. Hey, hey Tommy up and down. There's Tony, no good, such thing as a static market. You know a good analogy here. Yeah. Socialism always works on paper. Hey, uh, it, you can't get caught it, saying <laughs> that the guy going 60 is going to gross more than the guy going 70. Please do it, not it, let I, anyone write us guilty of that mathematical incomp- uh, malpractice. It, you're not going to gross as much. No, yes, well, you're saving fuel, but uh, not, we can't not on I, catch us there. L- l- listen, Seven. not on identical loads. You're right. If you have the identical load that's... There that you go. Okay. The, yeah, the same that's look. what I but, wanted to hear. Right. Well, wait a minute. All, all wait, loads wait, are not wait. identical. Wait. I, I'm going to go to kind of an extreme to make a point. 
I could argue that we could mm-hmm. take two trucks. One's going to run 70 all year. One's going to run 60 all year. They're going to run the exact same loads. And I could make the argument that there'll be almost no difference in gross at the end of the year. Because if you run well, 70 and you it, get there an hour or two earlier and you have to wait for an appointment, what good did it do? It's closer than what you think. Exactly. You don't know right. would win there, but you'd have to have different loads for that to work. For, for the for the one going faster. No, I'm not win. saying that the slower one the would make loads, more money, but I'm saying it wouldn't make less money. Oh, well, yeah, obviously by by design. But yeah, to run seven, so, you have to have a longer load for that to work. And it's just more dangerous. You're right. Probably doesn't work out in the long run, but we can't get caught with this mathematical malpractice and say that you're not going to make more. Uh, well, driving no, faster, so, no hey, hey, Tony, I'm going to push well, back again. You are going to make more. For me, making money means I get to spend it. It's in my pocket. That's not gross. It's net. It's it's, it's what you net. Net right. versus and gross. Net. Oh, you should net not more. and net. No, no. You it, that that does not work out. They may gross more. The chances of them netting more, it's it's slim. Um, it, it doesn't happen that often because when you're going to you make $500 in fuel a day, how can you make $500 in fuel in one it, day? Listen, so we can't, you know, we can't be saying rates, rates are a top line, um, number, not a bottom line. Fuel goes directly to the bottom line. Correct. Rates go to the top line. All the expenses have to come. So you might make $500 more in rates, but that's a top line number. And if you're not running your business efficiently, what do you keep? Five, six, seven percent of that if you're not running efficiently. So you, you've got to understand that that's the big difference there. Rates are a top line number. Fuel efficiency is a bottom line number. And everybody's um, profit margin is different. Guys that don't pay attention to fuel and pay attention to maintenance and stuff, uh, a lot of times their profit margin is slim to none. So that extra $500 they're making a day, it may actually be 50 by the time you take everything out of that. It's still 500 more to work with. Here's what I'm pushing for. Uh, well, that's a crap. Hey, hey, Tony. Get this <laughs> Tony. To go faster hey, hey. And T- Tony. Still be efficient. Let me let me give you another way of looking at that extra $500 to work with. You're making profit for a bunch of other people. The maintenance shops, the oil companies. <laughs> Mechanics. Hey, yes. That's Tire not your people, profit. That that now oil, becomes yes. somebody else's profit. It's the same percentage of a higher number. So it's no. going to be higher net. No. 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 It's not the same percentage. That, that's the thing. That's why we talk the, about operating the, ratio. And a company like Heartland has an yes. operating ratio of 67%. Yes. And a, another carrier might have an operating ratio of 90%. The percentages are not the same. I don't think the ratio changes. The, the number changes, but I don't think the ratio does. Of course it, it does. It absolutely does. That's what a ratio is. is. Yeah, it's, 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 all right. I just don't <laughs> happen to think it's that much. It, it is. So, uh, and, and a lot of, a lot of, a lot of people that haven't slowed down and don't pay attention to the numbers, they never think it's that much. That's why they don't do these things. They never believe that it could, down. it could be I am that slowing much. down. I, I am loving this fuel that I'm saving, by the way. I, I yeah. noticed it like on day one, 
So we're going to try it. What I'm pushing for, though, is I like how you're getting the truck to still be efficient at a way higher speed. Yes. Uh, imagine what hey. Billy Big Rigger would do with your truck, though. Hey, Tony. Yes. Tony. No, I, you, I get it. <laughs> we haven't heard much from Henry, and it's hard. We've got everybody screaming over each other. But you have two people on the line who have worked more on getting fuel efficiency at higher speeds than anybody else I know. These two guys are the ones out there doing yeah. that testing and developing this, but they're not out there saying this is how you should run all the time. It gives them one more tool to be able to be even more efficient. And just like every other tool, you have to know how to use it. Is there a speed at which the yes. truck is most efficient? No. Yeah. Like how would Mark. you answer that? Yeah. Yeah. Parked with the key off. That's the most efficient it'll ever be. That's it. <laughs> yeah. All right. Ha, ha, ha. Yeah, 35 actually, in direct. Actually, that's a good no. point. Oh. The, all trucks sitting still with the engine off are the same fuel efficiency. The minute you turn on the key to answer your question, <laughs> is there a speed? No. Every truck's different. Every situation no. is different. Every day's different. My cousin Never. had a Detroit that said 68 was his sweet spot. And... Mm -hmm. Was he taking out his ass? He's a veteran. Yeah. He drove from Ruth Oakley for 30 years. Uh, to, is there a sweet spot? To, yes, but it no. changes constantly. Really. So then technically, no. Look, right. you could say that's the sweet spot for that truck. My guess is you're probably not accurate. I, I, you're, I, I can almost guarantee you're not accurate. You, you might be close, but we could change that in a heartbeat. Put a different size tire on it. Now what happens? Well, and, and Henry and Henry will agree with this, I'm sure, 100%. So here's an example of, of sweet spot. And I, I say that there's no such thing as a sweet spot. It is a sweet range. Yes. Um, yeah. The example that I gave, the, the, the example that I gave earlier, coming out of Cheyenne out to the middle of Nebraska at 82 mile an hour at 12.4 miles a gallon, that was that truck's sweet spot that day, I can guarantee you. Is it that truck's sweet spot every day? Nope. What was the wind? Loads, loads change. Catching tailwind had about a had about eleven mile an hour tailwind that day. Um, no doubt, still pushing a hell of a lot of wind coming off the Continental Divide, so it was downhill the entire way. I get it, but for that day, eighty-two mile an hour at eleven hundred and twenty-five RPM in overdrive with my truck, that was the sweet spot for that day. The next day, was it the sweet spot for the truck? No, direct drive, 990 RPM at 57 mile an hour was the sweet spot for that day. Well, of course, we're so it, talking, it, it, it changes flat, every day. Out in California, a flat road, 600 miles, you know, what, what is the truck supposed to do? And what gear, what, what uh, mile range on a flat well, road with no wind, in a vacuum? Uh, this is why... Crosswind, everything. <laughs> this is why some of the new downsped powertrains are such a joy to have because you are adaptable to situations. I can run in multiple different gears to adapt to multiple different situations, and I'm not stuck where some of the old school powertrains, you have one gear that's at highway speed, and so you get stuck in this type of, of discussion. Um, there is no such thing as a sweet spot. It is always in a range. Everything's constantly changing. We don't operate in a vacuum. We don't operate on perfectly flat roads. So theoretically, 
Um, you look at what they call the, the BSFC chart, which is almost impossible to get your hands on these days. And you can identify that on paper, on a, but every engine, transmission, tire combination, trailer, it's all going to be different. And then can you put it on a BSFC chart and look at that? You absolutely can. Can you achieve it in the real world? Never. Nope. Hey, Henry. I'll try to remember that acronym because that sounds really important. Henry? Yes. How long have, have you been working to improve your business numbers? Since two years before I started my business. Okay, so how, how we're talking about a long time then. So a couple decades, right? Yeah, about, I started on my own in 96, but I actually started running the trucks I was driving for somebody else like it was my own business to learn it ahead of time. Right. So, so back to 94. Yeah, so Joel, how long have you been working on making your business better? You know, this stuff was drilled into our head when I was five years old. So um, 35 years at least, you know what I mean? This was just something that was drilled into us. So, Tony, when you're looking at the, the, you know, we could separate people into two groups here. Owner operators who say just go run hard. All that matters is the rate. Or you can look at people like Henry and Joel, myself, when I had trucks, Matt, after 30 years of working on ways to make more money, what are we still doing every single day? Working on ways to make more money. Who do you think has better information on how to make more money? People who don't ever, who, do. who will admit to you, we don't focus on making more money. We don't focus on our net. We, gross is all that matters to them. They've never measured any of this stuff. They've never tried any other way of doing things. They haven't run five trips at 70 miles an hour and five trips at six and calculated all yep. the numbers. So when when this debate is happening and it's the people screaming rates, all that matters, just go run. Who, do, who really has good information? They certainly don't. Yeah, and they probably know that you're right. But w- would you say that normally truckers are a bunch of uh, compassionate uh easily led, agreeable type of people or, or the well, opposite? Let, let, me, let me say, if, if I would have answered that question about truck drivers 30 years ago, it would have been way different. Today, there are an awful lot of sheep. Uh-huh. Yes. What I was getting at was, was um, they, they need to learn by trial and error. Like everyone is pretty stubborn and they want to, you know, do like you did. Most people don't know that you had trouble and, and you had to dig yourself out of debt. That, that's why I listen to you because I know what you've been through. They need to go through that as well in order to, you know, finally listen, but they haven't yet. So that, that's who I'm talking to right now. And I know that I'll save $25,000 at least by slowing down because I did. I actually did that my there you go. first or second year. I just tried it. That- And that's how we're so confident of these things when we talk about them. It's not just a theory. We've all done these things over and over and over. I also didn't make a whole, like I didn't gross a whole lot. Do you care? So they're not about what you gross. It's about what you keep. Yeah. It's like always I said, about what if, you keep, not about what it, you gross. It, Don't get hung up on that gross number. Get, yeah, get efficient and keep more. The, just so, like I said earlier, 
All we're saying when you have a high gross and a low net, not a good percentage, is you are making other businesses rich, not yours. Not sure if that works out mathematically, <laughs> but I'm going to try it. And it does seem good. No, so it, it does. <laughs> so it does. Hey, hey Tony. Kev, Tony. Kev, mathematically. You are making them more money. Yes. Mathematically, I could prove yes. that, you know, on paper, the math would work out that I should mortgage everything I can possibly mortgage, no matter what the interest rate is, and I should go invest it into cryptocurrency. And I could show you on paper where uh -huh. if I would have done that with the right timing, <laughs> it would have made sense. That's not fair. Sure it is. <laughs> the world's not fair. Hell, but that's not fair. Nobody's going to do that. <laughs> Don't, yeah, don't, 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 don't tell me nobody's going to do that. When, when I was going through my CFP program, I, I had an instructor who was promoting that as a real, not cryptocurrency, but back then it was the real estate market was so hot and so was the stock market. And he was saying, mortgage everything you have to raise money and invest in these things. And it was about six months later that it all crashed. Yeah, we saw that coming. I fought with him constantly, but he was the instructor. I was the student. Yeah, we see who got it right, though. If you slow your truck, rate changes. If you slow your truck down and you keep good records, and you give this an honest shake, you will you will come to the conclusion. I think that, that, that me and Henry have, have come to now, are there times when markets are up and it makes sense to run a little faster in a strong market? Yeah. Yep. There are some times when it does, but you got to know when to slow back down. Um, so, you know, speed can be a variable thing. I tend to ex explain it that I run as slow as possible yet still get the job done. Yeah. Um, for, for whatever the job is. Sometimes that means I have to run a little faster. Sometimes it means I can run a little slower. So don't get hung up on one set speed that is going to be some magic number that's going to be the, the cure-all to everybody's problems. That doesn't exist. You know, do, do, the, do the math on things when you take a load, you know, and, and see how slow you can actually run and still make your delivery time and, and, you know, play with varying speeds that may be a little slower than what yep. you're used to. And, and these Joel. numbers will start to pop for you and, and, and you'll do well. Joel, your first part of that sentence was perfect. And it applies to a lot of things. Do the math. Just do the math. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Let's, yeah. uh, it's, and every load will be different. That's right. And <laughs> truck and day and yeah. And that, that's what makes running a business so challenging. There is no sweet spot. There is no perfect way of doing everything. It, it's constantly working to figure out the best way to do things. And once you figure it out, you can guarantee tomorrow something's going to change. Let's, uh, uh, Tony, I had to cut Definitely. you loose. Calls are piling up on me. We're going to go talk to another Tony in Washington. Tony, do we have you this time? Hello, yeah. I had uh, stepped out to uh, uh, shut the door, so. You, you mean, you, I got. You mean you, you thought something else was more important yeah. than talking to us? 
<laughs> no. No. But but I do have a huge I do have a huge problem. There is a delay on the radio. So I have you live here and then there's about a minute delay of the same show going on. So I have two conversations going on in my ear. Oh, that's confusing. Mm. Yeah. Okay. So, Tony, you, you can't listen to that other show that's yeah. a minute behind. Yeah, I know, but I, I can't. I, I, I've hit the live button trying to get it to go live for like the past five minutes and hadn't done anything. So, yeah. Well, well you're here yeah. with us now. You are live. <laughs> okay. All right. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Anyway, it's driving me crazy, but all right. Uh, Yes. Yeah, I know. But I still hear the other show behind me. Anyway, the reason why I called was because I I had uh, Tony, Tony, and out an to, application. To, Tony, yes. do, do you have access yeah. to that other show that's playing? Turn it off. Uh, I don't. Oh, I, I've been trying. I've been trying to hit hit every button. Yes. Oh, I see what's yeah. happening. It's still playing on your phone and you're talking on your phone. Yes. Close the app. Uh, close it? Yeah, just close the app. Then it can't play. Okay. Oh, did okay. you use it to call us? Yes. Oh, then don't close it because I don't, yeah. then, then okay. you're going to lose the, all right. Yeah. I, I don't know what to tell you then, but it's. Yeah, a, that's what I thought. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know what's going on, but it, anyway. You know what? I, I, let me let me put you yeah. back in the queue because you, you are not going to be able to do it. I, I when I get feedback in my headset for some reason, it is impossible to talk like that. So we'll put you back in the queue. Let's see if we can figure that out. Um, we'll go to Indiana. Bob, welcome to the program. Hey, how you doing? I, I feel for him. I know there's a glitch in the app when I, if I'm listening to it and I turn it off or pause it and stick my phone in my back pocket and walk in the truck stop, sometimes it'll start playing again and I got Kevin Rutherford talking out my ass. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. People say I talk out my own ass all day anyway. So. Now I'm a ventriloquist. I get some of the dampest work. Yeah. yeah, now I'm a ventriloquist. Here, watch me talk out of his ass. <laughs> oh, I've got the most efficient truck of anybody. Mine's sitting at home in the driveway with the head off of it. <laughs> yep. <laughs> there you go. Uh, I will tell Tony, listen to you guys. Um, me and Kevin don't always agree on everything. But I've run through the 80s. And I remember running for these guys. We were running Braindale, Arkansas, Hunts Point, New York, back to California, picking up produce and going back to Hunts Point, doing it every seven days. 100-mile-an-hour trucks, buddy. Those companies are gone. Yeah. You know who replaced them? The 55-mile-an-hour Snyders, J.B. Hunts, Nike. <laughs> yeah. And then when you're in California, the sweet spot is 55. That's the speed limit there anyway. So. <laughs> Not to yeah. mention the tickets you're going to pay. Your, your bottom line is going to go to the bottom because I remember back when we were running in 100-mile-an-hour trucks, 
a big chunk of my bottom line went to the DOT and to the Highway Patrol. <laughs> that is the God's honest truth. I, when I yeah. first started, I was doing the outlaw thing, and I damn near lost my license over it, and it was it was horrible. Yeah, it, nothing good came yeah. from. There was a time you had tickets in every state from New York to L.A. (laughs) (laughs) Just pull into Tennessee and they go, we know you. (laughs) Okay, just just pull over here and hand us that $500 because we know you're overweight. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Hey, hey guys, I I just had another thought. Um, You know, Joel, you said you tried the outlaw thing. You ran hard. You almost lost your license. I I did the same thing. I mean, I didn't always understand accounting, and I I made a lot of mistakes. Um, Henry, you may be the the exception here because you actually told us you actually started working on your business two years before you even started it. So you may not have gone through that phase. But here's the one thing I can tell you. I, I, people, yes, who, I did. people who have tried both ways, running outlaw, just go hammer down, get all the miles and you can, or actually run this like a business. I, I don't know a single person who has ever done it both ways and then decided to run like an outlaw. But I know a lot of people who have tried it both ways and decided this way works better. Kevin? Yeah. I- when I was driving, for somebody else, I started out as a ticket caller. So I started out life as a rooster. Crew. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, yeah. Now I did outlaw here a while back. Well, I booked a load of beer back on the East Coast, and I had been pulling beer on the West Coast. And as you know, most of the West Coast states you don't have to have alcohol permit. Mm-hmm. But all of the East Coast states do. So I booked this load, and then I decided, you know, I better call Oida and see if I need permits for this. And Lord of mercy, I did. And here I am sitting with a load of beer on my truck and 800 miles to go. <laughs> you know, but but, I did get it there. But I'm but, telling you, every time I went by a scale, I was, showing, I was praying it'd be closed or I was puckering. <laughs> let's talk about a little bit more government inefficiency then. How many beer loads move a day? A lot. Oh, millions. Why do we have a special oh, permitting ridiculous. process for a load of beer? Exactly. Alcohol, beer, everything, it's ridiculous. Yeah. It's a, and we were talking about companies being less efficient when they get bigger. And that's pretty much a rule of life. And if you want a very good example of it, what is the biggest company or the biggest employer in the United States? The government. And also the least efficient, and also the least efficient operation in the United States. The government. Exactly. And it's just a known <laughs> fact. The more people involved, the more people involved in decision making, the less efficient an operation is going to be. Absolutely. And it's just a fact of life. It's just a fact of life. Joe, I understand about the haters, but. Back when I was, before I had to, you know, start driving for a company truck to put my truck back together, I, I did 50% of my loads with TQL and averaged $3 mm-hmm. a mile with them. Now, mm-hmm. what's wrong with that? Not a thing. You should be able to make might, money at that. I might, yeah. start on the, I might start on the board in the morning on a load, and by the time 3 or 4 o'clock in the afternoon, that load is probably doubled in rate, but it's, yes. it's the market. You start, yes. you work the board. 
You, you yes. go, I'm here and I want to go here. <laughs> yes. 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 Awesome. <laughs> yeah, that's how I, that works. I actually, I actually would call brokers yeah. and say, is that load ripe yet? Is it ready yeah. to pick? Bob, stop complicating right. yeah, things. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you just got to oh, wait for shit. the fruit to ripen. <laughs> yes. It's supply yeah. and demand. If nobody wants to take that and it's getting later in the afternoon, you just watch the money start adding to it. You're, you're exactly right. And, uh, imagine that. Um, I, I, I just don't. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Imagine that. There you go. Yeah. So I, I, I've got a classic one here that I've, I'll shoot you in a private message. A guy says, uh, right. you need to quit doing all that calculation bullshit and just hold that steering wheel, put your foot to the floor and let your mind go numb. It's like, <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. <laughs> you want to pull your hair out? <laughs> oh boy. Let's, Calculating let, bullshit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Let's try Tony in Washington again. Tony, you there this time? Yes, Kevin. Hello. There we go. What's on your mind today? I feel today? much better now. I don't have, I don't have six people in my head right now. So Good. <laughs> Good. Uh, well, what I was going to say, uh, near for the last couple of years, I've been making a little stop off of uh, 84 going through the gorge there in Oregon. This little warehouse up in this little small town up there off of Highway 97. Yeah. <laughs> Couldn't figure out what this place was. I pull up there, drop off about three or four pallets, and you continue on into Portland. Did that like four times. Then I listened to listen to you one day, and you had this guy on there talking about him starting out in his pickup, driving around with the local farmers, picking up organic stuff and going all over the place, and then grew into this company called Desert Standard. Yeah. So after I listened to your show, I went by and made another delivery here last month. Pulled in there, and it was like, oh, this is that place. That's what this place is. Yeah. So I asked him for an applic. I asked him for an application. They hired me yesterday. Really? Congratulations! So, yeah, I'm going to be. Yep, I'm going to be driving for him. It's an awesome company. And uh, yeah, it is. And they're, um, I guess, because it's a. Uh, I'm going to be working for them. Just. Uh, I'm. I'm going to be doing a shuttle run. From yeah. here to LA and back, okay, five days a week. Yeah, and I'm not going to get paid by the mile. I'm not going to get uh, paid hourly or whatever. And I think Joel might be interested in this. They're going to pay me salary. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. I, yeah. I never heard. I was, yeah. I was like, awesome. Yeah. I never heard of that kind of a pay scale for a driver, but that's the way they're going to do it, and they're going to pay me good money too. So. Fantastic. Nice. The whole that. thing is, yeah, the whole thing is awesome. Yep. Love that. Yeah, great. So I just, yeah, I just thought I'd uh, let you know. You know, you know, I, I love that. the whole, but I love the outcome, obviously, but I, I think the story itself is kind of cool. You had been there multiple times before and wondered what the place was. Yep. <laughs> it, it's funny you brought up the word salary. Kevin, and that, yeah. that was something that was something that was always unique about my business when I started it. I have paid yeah. myself a salary since the beginning of starting my own business. It took all the highs and lows out for. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it's two reasons why I wanted to move is because 
I'm tired of, you know, driving all over the country, not knowing where I'm, when I'm going to leave, when I'm going to get back and when I'm going to be. So this is a set schedule, five days a week, there and back, come back, take a couple of days off and head back out again. So plus the salary is like, wow. Yeah. And and you know so what? I, the, got, I got steady. The, the other I thing got steady pay and steady schedule. So. Exactly. The other thing that uh, is pretty unique about this company, and that's why we're we're pretty happy to be partnering with them on a couple different things. I mean, I'm um, my hot honey project. I've been leaning pretty heavy on uh, David Stelzer, the the CEO of Azure. He's been helping me a lot with it. Um, but it, it it's a really unique job in that the type of people and companies you're going to work with is very different. You know, it's not just your grab a load and show up at some factory somewhere, a warehouse, or um, it, it. The the whole network is kind of different. All of these people are kind of into natural health, and they're pretty unique companies. Yeah, they kept on stressing the whole time when I was talking to them and during an interview yesterday. Was uh, they're saying we're a family company? Everything right. is based on family and health. Yeah, really is. So. All right. Great stuff. Yeah, so. I love uh, love hearing that. I think we might. I don't know if we have David coming back on soon or not. We might. Um, let's go to Alabama. Matt, welcome. Well, good morning, gentlemen. So, uh, howdy, howdy. Tony um, had some interesting things he said there, but one of them really caught my ear. When he was talking about Joel driving slow, he said, I don't have that luxury. <laughs> well, <laughs> I don't have the luxury of driving faster if I want to have a high profit margin. That's right. That's right. You've oh, got to yeah, figure that's, that's, out uh, a way yeah, not absolutely. to drive that fast. Yeah, because, and I realize, you know, most people don't do the math. So they, they think, ah, oh, it's a little bit. It really doesn't matter. And, you know, on one day, it doesn't matter a whole lot. Because, you know, there's situations where I got to drive faster than me. But throughout the year, it adds up. So just for some easy math, when fuel was $5 a gallon, and Kevin, when you took your road trip, you were getting five miles a gallon. How much was it costing you every mile? Buck a mile. Okay, and Joel, if you're going to average 10, or Henry, what is your fuel cost per mile? 50 cents. That's $5 a gallon? Right, that, it, it, right now, pretty, I, uh, I, yeah, I'm at, well, yeah, 30, you're north of it. 30, I'm at 37 cents. Um, um, uh, for my fuel cost. That's, that's yeah. fantastic. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I'm at 52 for last year. Um, I, I have had people approaching 80 cents a mile these days. Oh my God. I, uh, Joel, <laughs> on hey, hey Joel, I, I, I just want to think about something. Mm -hmm. The, the, I've said this many times. I, I don't know why I have such a thing about getting fuel, but it's the thing I hate most. I hated it when I drove truck. I hate it now when I'm on the road with my coach. I hate going to a truck stop and getting fuel. <laughs> I just thought of something. 
with your numbers, mm-hmm. you could afford mm-hmm. to pay somebody 40 cents a mile just to ride along with you and pump your fuel, and you'd still make more money than some people. <laughs> that's an interesting way of looking at it yeah Yeah, and that's the other thing with time management now i've got a very unique setup on my truck i don't spend 30 maybe 40 minutes a week healing and i know other people that spend that much every day i know yeah (laughs) <laughs> I think that's why I hate the process. It's such a waste of time to me. No. Yeah. And I've gone to the setup. I only get fuel once a week. So yeah, it's just, I'm the same thing. I hate getting fuel. It just drives me up a wall. Yep. So, All right. Um, Good. There was one other thing in there I was going to point out, but I, I don't remember it right now, but you know, it, it's, the numbers, all you got to do, Tony said he's a mathematician, so just start running some numbers. You shave, you know, five, six, seven cents off your fuel cost. That's the maintenance it. is a big part, too. You, know, you talk about it all the time, and mm-hmm. I think most people just plain don't believe it. But over my career, you know, it's hard to say because, you know, maintenance was cheaper way back when with parts and all that, what it is today, but I, my maintenance is probably half of what it was at its highest point. Uh, yeah, there, there is no doubt. So when you take a truck like what I have or what, like what Henry has, when, when you start to downspeed the powertrain, so you're turning lower RPM at faster speed, um, this number doesn't necessarily apply to a downsped powertrain, but if you compare a downsped powertrain running the speeds that I like to run or I prefer to run, which is between 55 and 60 mile an hour versus a traditionally spec truck with say, let's just throw out a 342 Rand gear with a, with a 13 speed overdrive running, you know, 72 to 75. There's going to be on average. And you know, I've looked at this for years. There's going to be about a 40% difference in maintenance cost. Now, Henry's, can run a little faster. He's got a downsped powertrain, so that spread is not near as much because you know he's, he's running lower RPM. But no matter what, whether you're downsped or traditional, the faster you go, you know you're gonna you're gonna spend more brakes, more in tires. It's it's gonna be more. Can you minimize that cost by going downsped? Absolutely. Uh, it's the traditional guys, especially in the big square hoods where you're really starting to you know, get that aerodynamic inefficiency where those numbers, your maintenance numbers just spiral out of control. And, you know, a lot of people may not link aerodynamic efficiency to maintenance costs, but when you're pushing oh, air, yeah. it requires more fuel. Yes. And, and so that's really drives your maintenance costs through the roof. Joel, that reminds me of a story. I was, and as you know, I cruise pretty fast because just the way my run works, it cuts out a 10 hour mm-hmm. break every week, which is pretty hard to make up on fuel. Right. We've had that conversation. Mm-hmm. It's up a day for me to yes. make money. Other, And it's just the way it works out because I'd like to slow down a little bit more because of that. And if anything holds me up, I do. But one night I was cooking up a crosshair and I got a kick out of it. And it was a big W900L, you know, Kevin's favorite truck. And mm-hmm. he started to ask me of all that aerodynamic BS that was on my truck. If it worked. 
And I said, well, hold on. I'll slow down so you can catch up to me. And <laughs> we were hill section, and, I, and we were both loaded close to the same. I said, get, get side by side with me. It was late at night. There wasn't no traffic. And I said, we'll both back out of the throttle at the same time and see what happens and just let gravity carry us down the hill. I took off like I was on the throttle, and I wasn't on the throttle. And anyway, mm-hmm. that led to a conversation with him. I don't see that truck out on the road anymore. So that's kind of interesting. But I think he learned something that night that, you know, with, with all the battles we had to fight in this industry, why well, pick a fight with air? Air's there all the time. There's plenty of other people to fight with. Don't fight with air. <laughs> yeah, no, you got it. You're exactly right. You're exactly right. The parasitic yep, drag the whole... and aerodynamic drag. Yep, Paul left, uh, you know, the video you put out, Joel, years ago with that Dr. Mm-hmm. Preload and setting mm-hmm. even a brand new truck, how much mm-hmm. drag there was on that, just the bearing. You know, mm-hmm. then you talk about tires. I mean, there's there's all kinds of things. Um, but, yeah, I same thing. I've done everything that I know of to my truck. Well, there's a few things more, but, you know, <laughs> every rolling hill we come to, I got guys that are, Passing me, get alongside of me as we crest the hill, and their turbo's whistling, and my truck is coasting, <laughs> and I'm going down the hill faster than them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the same thing. You know, you're going up and over the rise. I'm backing out of the throttle, and you, you, that's exactly right. You hear those guys that's just winding up, and you're going down the hill right about the same speed. <laughs> yeah, nope. it's crazy. Absolutely crazy. Well, just last couple of my numbers, and I'll let you move along. Um, so my 200, or excuse me, 167,000 miles for the year, that was 330 days on the road, 47 round trips, Minnesota to Florida. It's 3,500 miles a week. It can be done on an ELD. Now it, it's dedicated, so I know where I'm parking every night. I got, you know, I got my schedule right to a T. Almost right. every day. Well, of course like you do, Matt, because that's your luck. That's yeah, because you're lucky. Yeah. I mean, yeah, right, right. They, it's all they got luck. somebody pointed it all out to me that, you know, if you park here. <laughs> exactly, right. <laughs> the harder I work, the luckier I get. That's exactly right. <laughs> yep, exactly. Imagine that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, shoot. All right, Matt, we're going to cut you loose. Good stuff. We're going to go to Ohio. Herschel, tell me you've got a rant. I do, actually. A (laughs) two-parter. But I have a question for Joel first. Okay. Uh, This this Volvo's an 18, 670 Mm -hmm. with the Mm I-Shift, VGT engine. This damn thing chooses way too high a gear to start off with. I'm just wearing out that little button on that baby shifter over there. Yeah, it there's starts a, out there's way a, too high. Can we change that? There's a, yes, there's a default start in the PTT. The dealer can adjust that default. What's your rear axle ratio, 264? It is, yes. Uh, I would week. default that to I would default it to starting first. Yeah, otherwise you're going to be putting a clutch in it. And you're going to have problems with the transmission, and then you'll be cussing these eye shifts are junk. But yeah, you're exactly right. When they have them set up wrong to default the wrong gear, of course you're going to have problems. So um, yeah, get it get it set to first. 
on the default. Yeah, it, it wants to do fourth gear if you're bobtail. Yes. If you got a load even, it won't even go to one. Well, I reach down and hit the button to make it go to one. But it's right, like, it gets old after a while. So yeah. High, yeah, you forget about <laughs> yeah. it. And, and you can just feel that the engine and everything in there, the transmission, the it, clock, training. you yeah. can just, yeah, you can just tell it's working way too hard. Yep, yep, yep. Okay. Very simple adjustment at the dealer, default starting gear, set it to first. All right, good enough. Now the ramp. First piece is MPG related. Second piece is pre-trip related. The miles per gallon, as you know, I haven't had this thing all that long, and I lost a month with that damn camshaft job. So I haven't driven another ton, a ton, a ton of miles, but I 11,000, 12,000 miles. We had a safety meeting here a while back, and I've been with this company almost 11 years, so all the drivers, we screw with each other and all, you know, it's just the way it is. So we go in, and one of the guys, hey, man, I passed you today. Why you go so slow? <laughs> I said, well, I'm, I'm making money. What do you mean, make money? I said, what's your miles per gallon? Eh, I get 6.2 uh, to 6.5. I said, well, first of all, you don't even know what your miles per gallon are. Well, I just told you. I said, no, you told me a range. That's not knowing your fuel mileage <laughs> at all. You just told me a range. You really don't know. So I pull out my phone, and I said, well, let me show you what mine is. And I pull it up, click old Sarah Lee, that's what I call this thing, and 8.25. I said, look, right there, that's every mile, every gallon, all of it since I've had it, 8.25. So you're losing two miles to the gallon, and how long were you here at the terminal before me? Uh, five, seven minutes. I said, was it worth it? <laughs> so we sat down and we pencil whipped up a couple of numbers, and he says, how do you drive 55? I said, that's how I drive 55 right there. That number. That's how I do it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. No big deal. You just do it. it. Right. You just do it. So <laughs> the truck payment on this thing's $932. If I remember right. Um, by doing 55 in this truck against the freight liner with the 14 liter that was repaired in air quotes, at 6.97 lifetime, and man, I tracked that truck for like 10 years. The difference of the two of these, even with DEF in there, which isn't that much, um, it's almost making its own payment. I'm within about $28 of making its own payment, depending on what the price of the pump is on that given week or month. Yeah. It almost pays for itself. It's a free truck. Nice. Yep. It's a free truck. So if you've been driving a truck for more than 39 seconds, you've been to a safety meeting, and what's the safety guy say? Okay. Pre-trip, pre-trip. Pre -trip. Well, no, he's, he's always telling you pre-trip. So after a while, you just want to smack him upside the head. But there's a good reason for it. I haul containers. They're all pieces of junk, every one of them. Well, because of free days at the railroad and how, how all of that works, we have city guys that go to the rail, they get the loaded boxes out, bring them to the yard, because if you let them stay at the train too long, they charge you a hundred and some crazy dollars a day. But they never check anything. I come in the other day to get a box. This is just on one container. It had 
two flat tires out of eight. The other six needed aired up. These 20-foot containers have a little twist lock. Well, all containers do, and you're supposed to put a zip tie on that twist lock by our company policy. Now, they'll argue the DOT says you don't have to do it, but it doesn't matter. This is company policy. It's what you're supposed to do. And they give you the zip ties free. They don't put them on. The dolly, hand, dolly handle has the two little ears and the bolt goes through to hold it on there. One of the ears was completely broke off, so it needs a dolly crank. That was fun, trying to crank that up. I got it moving. I pulled the trailer brake hand valve, you know, the jog, whatever you want to call it. No brakes at all. Just keep right on going. No brakes. It had a brake light out, mud flap missing. And that was on one container. It's like your <laughs> equipment, guys. So needless to say, I called her the service. Four days in a row. It's fixed. It's fixed. Oh, the ABS light was on constant burn, too. <laughs> Four days in a row. I kept trying that trailer, and it wasn't fixed. wasn't fixed. Finally, the mechanic guy that they call in will happen to be there. And I said, Harry, you got to help me with this trailer. Said, What's wrong with it? So I tell him. He said, well, nobody told me that. I said, well, I don't know why. I called it in a week ago. So he gets under it, checks it all out. They had two airlines backwards on one of the valves in the wrong spot. He changed it. Boom, it had trailer brakes. Communication, people, pre-trip really does matter. It really does. Yeah. It cost Absolutely. another guy all types of heartache because you're too beep, 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 ding, lazy to do your job. Yes. Yes. Oh. Oh, that was my rant I started out with because of somebody. I know. That's not, what got me started with the bolt seals. <laughs> no. It, it, well, it cost me a, a whole tire the, about a month ago, which wasn't good. You know, the way the bolt seal went through it, it just destroyed the tire, and the tire was fairly new. Maybe wow. maybe I should have maybe I should have named this segment Let's Rant. <laughs> there you go. Why not? Yes. <laughs> yes, let's rant. Yeah, I think it's been therapeutic. <laughs> I think we all just needed to get it out. That's breathe. That's right. <laughs> That's right. All right, boys, I'll let you go, and I'll continue to listen. Have a good weekend. All right, Herschel, have a great weekend. Um, we have uh, blown through all of our calls. Joel and Henry, anything you want to close with? Yeah, yeah. what I started. Do your job. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> when, when you start to bitch about somebody or something, look in the mirror. There you go. And I just leave it at that. That's a good one. Uh, somebody snuck in while we were trying to end the show. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to go turn off the calls and we'll take this last call. Uh, and then we're all going to get on with our weekend as well. Uh, I don't think I've got anything interesting. I think we have some guests coming back next week. Trying to think of what the schedule is for next week. Uh, I know we're here all five days. I think we have a couple guests showing up. I've got a lot of projects I need to work on. I may work this weekend, I think. I've got to catch up on a few things. Uh, I, I'm, 
You know, I took more time off over the holidays this year than I have in a long time. I took two four-day weekends. You know, there's that phrase that a body in motion tends to stay in motion and a body, you know, sitting still tends to stay that way. That's true. Man, I took that time off and I'm having a hard time getting back into the work mode again. Yeah, I, I hear you. I struggle with that too. And the older I get, the worse it gets. So yeah, it's like I I, I, I know I've got, I've got these projects. I'm excited about them too. There's some good stuff going on. I just got to get back into that work mode. Let's uh, let's go to Kentucky to wrap things up today. Randy, you get the final word. What's on your mind? Well, that's great because I certainly don't have a rant. All right, but I do want to thank Henry and, and Joel for inspiring me to slow down and, and quit idling and doing better because I went from like five and a half miles a gallon to 7.36 or 7.29 for nice. the last 60 days. Fantastic. And my boss told me, my boss told me I had the best fuel mileage in the fleet. Outstanding. Four That's tankers. Cool. We pull tankers. So, and I, I do a lot of idling because I have to pump off. Right, but I don't mm-hmm. idle at night anymore, and I, I'm right now I'm doing 55 miles an hour. So, I mean, they're really they're an inspiration. I, I don't care what nobody says about heavy loads, light loads, don't matter. They're both of them are inspiration. That's all they are too. Great stuff! Congratulations! Thank you. Hey, yeah. thank y'all. I'm serious. Thank y'all. I, I really appreciate it. You are welcome. Uh, Thanks for the call, too, and the feedback. Great way to end the show. All right, I will wrap this up. We'll see you on Monday. Have a great weekend. Be safe. Be profitable. Be fit and healthy. Always do the hard work and master the journey.